Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, a.k.a. Word Church. You know, Vince, last week we were talking to uh, Drake Travis, who is the author of Healing Power, Voice Activated. You're the man. Yes, he's also... You know, a- I mean, that was that was some of our best... Well, I should say best shows. I mean, that was some of the best time we had together in... in just listening to him talk about healing and realizing the fact that God still is at work today healing people. And you know what? It's it's good. I really enjoy conversating or fellowshipping with, with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. The scripture talks about like precious faith, meaning people that believe the book from Genesis to Revelation. And not just believe it because everybody's, oh, I believe in God. But, but acting on the word of God. And that's where the rubber meets the road, you know, when it comes to faith. Scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those who come to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder. Now, that rewarder could mean him rewarding you with what he has, the anointing, the heal, deliver, and set free. Jesus said it in Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me. And then in 1 Peter, it says, we have an anointing. Then it says in John that, Jesus said, those who believe on me, the works that I do, shall they do also, and greater works. So that's to me, that's what it means to be a believer. And when I talk to other brothers and sisters in Christ who have like precious faith, it just fuels my faith on fire. Iron sharpens iron. So it was a pleasure having Drake Travis as our special guest all last week to talk about what God's done in his life. You know, 14 generations of missionary over in, missionary work over in Vietnam, the book. The, the books he wrote, uh, what else? He He's in Hollywood now he's working, on. working on a new movie called The Resurrection. And, and the list goes on and on of the things that God's doing in his life. And it just reminds me of Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And Drake even talked about how God used him uh, with the gifts of healing. We have those gifts, and we can administer them. And we talked about that last week, you know, having boldness and not being timid and not being embarrassed or ashamed of the gospel. Well, see, that that was one of the things that, I, you know, that I really liked talking to him about was fear. And the fact that one of the reasons why people don't do some of the things that we saw in the first century church, one of the reasons why we don't see as much healing and why we don't even see people sometimes praying for people to be healed is fear. We're afraid of what are people going to think? If I actually ask God to heal this, but what will people think? What will people think if it if they're not healed? What will people hey. think about me? Paul has to write specifically to Timothy about we have not been given a spirit of fear. And yet we often as Christians, we read that scripture and we forget 
that that could be us, that, that we're fearful. We're fearful of what people will think, we're, of what they will think of us. And so we sometimes just don't even step out. I just want to say this. What would people think when, when it works? Isn't that... Well, that might be have... scary for people too, though. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. But see, you know, and, and we talked about this one day last week with him about how even in our our services at church, people will say, man, we had a good service today. Everything went smooth. And we want things to go smooth, almost like it was a show, a TV show or something where this segment moved to that segment, moved to that segment, and it all went smooth. Just the Holy smooth. Spirit sometimes just it's almost like out of control and people don't like that. They, they want everything to run smooth. They want to program the Holy Spirit. And they want so, it programmed. So there's even that aspect of fear is that, wow, the Holy Spirit's going to take over, and then what are we going to do? And so fear is one of those things that holds us back from, in our own life, doing the things that God would call us to do. Um, and, we, and we don't even have to talk about healing to do that. You know, somebody feel like the Lord wants them to be a Sunday school teacher and and fear of, wow, what if I don't know enough? Fear of, what if I don't, I, I can't help the kids? Or if it's an adult class, well, what the fear of, what if somebody there knows more than I do? And so it doesn't have to be just the healing that we're talking about. Fear can hold us back from all sorts of things that God calls us to do. Well, you know what? I heard, I heard it said that uh, fear not or be not afraid is, is stated in the Bible 365 times. Fear not. And so three, that's one time for every day. And again, we can't be afraid of anything that God has for us. And last week, as we were had Drake on the broadcast, we talked about the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And again, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. It's not an it. It's, it's a person. He lives inside of us. The he. Yeah, and he, he, he works in and through us to, to manifest the kingdom of God. And when you don't speak about the Holy Spirit or acknowledge the Holy Spirit, you have no power in your life. Now you're just playing church. You're doing it on your own because you say Jesus revealed to us that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher, our helper, our comforter, our tutor. He would be our power source from heaven. So when you don't speak of that power source or acknowledge that power source in your life, the greater one that lives inside of you, he says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. That Holy Spirit lives in us. And if you, but if you never acknowledge that Holy Spirit, he ain't going to acknowledge you. It's like, and we're, the scripture says we're married to Christ. We're the brides of Christ. We're married to him. It's just like in the natural, and you mentioned it last week on the broadcast, if I only spend X amount of time, 10 minutes with my wife. Well, what if I'm sleeping with my wife all night, whole year and and i get up in the morning i never say good morning sweetheart i never acknowledge her are we going to have a fruitful relationship and it's just like the holy spirit you have to acknowledge the holy spirit the greater one that lives in you because that's your kingdom that's your heaven connection that's your heaven connector and he's the one that's going to empower you to do what god's called you to do and speaking of sunday services before i start a service i invite the holy spirit to take over I'm getting out the way, Holy Spirit. You do whatever you need to do in here. Touch, heal, deliver, set free, revelate. Because the Holy Spirit can do what I can't do. He can tell, he can show somebody something in the word that that I can't. He'll reveal stuff. Well, see where you see that. 
is I'll talk to people after church and and we'll be talking about the sermon or they'll say something. And you can say something in a sermon and five people will hear something just slightly different because it's the Holy Spirit working in them. I, I had a couple one day and he said, well, I've decided to go back to school. I said, that's good. He said, yeah, as soon as you said this, and I can't even remember exactly what it was in the sermon. He said, we both looked at each other and it was, I need to go back to school. I need to go back to college. And I, I know that what it was, it wasn't anything about you need to go back to college. Yet that's when he heard what I said, it was the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you need to go back to college. And that's what I and was that's saying. that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what and, he does. And, you know, he can speak as you were talking, through you. Listening, you're talking about denying the Holy Spirit. The difference between Elks Lodge's meet on Sunday morning have fizz breakfast. The Eagles meet on Sunday morning. Different clubs and organizations meet on Sunday mornings. The difference between the church and all of those groups is the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we don't have Amen. the Holy Spirit, we might as well be meeting down at the Elks Lodge with them. And you know what? That is it's sad, but it's true. But there's a lot of so-called churches or congregations around the world. That's what they're doing. They 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 don't think that the Holy Spirit has a role in our lives today. They don't even preach on the Holy Spirit or talk about the Holy Spirit or acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus was saying. Without me, you can do nothing. He said, it's expedient that I go, because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, won't come. He says, I'm going to leave you with him. I'm going to leave him with you. So we have to acknowledge that the greater one lives in us. And if you don't acknowledge that in your life, you have nothing. Right. I mean, you have no power. No power. And, and once again, to say that without the Holy Spirit, the church is just another social organization, That's just it. another social club mm -hmm. and having fun together and hanging out. And boy, we sure like each other. And man, isn't it fun to sing those songs? And isn't it fun to shake each other's hand and to say hello and how are you today? And good to see you. But without the Holy Spirit, we we have, as you said, nothing that really matters in well, the kingdom of God. Again, you know, the church has been crowded out by intellectualism. And, and I always say, you know what, we got a bunch of high-powered professional pulpits led by, by a bun bunch of organized intellectuals because <laughs> we want to intellectualize the whole Bible. And the scripture says the just shall live by faith. The gospel don't make sense. Having a, a Holy Spirit in you, that don't make sense to the natural mind. And the scripture talks about in the Corinthians. It says, the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. But we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the, the Spirit that came from God. And that, you have to believe that. You have to believe the greater one lives in you, and he's in you for a purpose. He in, he's in you to get you over. And if you don't ever acknowledge him, just like I say, if you never acknowledge your wife in the morning, you just get up and go handle your business. I don't think the relationship is going to be a fruitful one. And it's just like the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Unless she's a grouch in the morning. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not the doctor. Yeah. So uh, we have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. You know, the scripture says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. So God left us his spirit to dwell in us. Like you said, that's the difference from the church, any other organization. Right. I mean, without the Holy Spirit, the church isn't any different than anybody else. Right. And unfortunately, the church has kind of cast the Holy Spirit aside. And in many ways, the church is no different than any other organization. Well, like Paul said in Romans, how can they believe unless they hear? How can they believe there's a Holy Spirit unless they hear? How can they hear without a preacher? So if the preacher's not preaching on the role of the Holy Spirit... How can the sheep believe? 
So we have to preach and teach on all these things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We can't make it socially acceptable. The gospel is not socially acceptable. We see that with Jesus and the religious leaders. Right. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Jesus is a dividing line in the sand. I was talking mm -hmm. to somebody about this the other day. You can mention God to all kinds of different religions, all kinds of different people. It's when you mention Jesus is when you have problems. Yeah, you have problems. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, because he is a dividing line. Either you believe him well, or you don't. Well, you know what? That's when Jesus, that's when his problems started happening to him. As soon as he went in the synagogue and he opened up the book to Luke 4.18 and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel. Uh, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he said, then he closed the book and gave it back to the tenant and sat down. And the eyes of all were in the synagogue were fixed upon them. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. When he said that, he just made him mad. So right. he's, like, he's like, I'm the one that the scripture's been talking about. I'm, I'm the Messiah. Well, the in John, one. when he says, before Abraham was, I am. Right, 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 right. People don't realize that often in the English, people don't realize that he was saying, I, that, you know that I am that spoke to Moses in the burning bush? Yeah, that, that was, was me. me. Yeah. <laughs> and... And they recognized that's what he was saying, and they it says they picked up stones to, in order to stone him. But he is he just kind of, I think, became almost invisible. Just went into the crowd, and they they weren't able to stone him. And so I think it's interesting when he says to them, "Before Abraham was, I am. I am that God that spoke to Moses. I am." But look what they said in verse twenty-two. So all bore witness to him. And marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Again, voice activated. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? See, it didn't make sense. Carpenter's it did, son. It didn't He's make sense. Nobody. That wasn't socially acceptable. We we grew up with this this guy. Remember, I was gonna say this cat. We grew up with this guy. <laughs> That's what they were saying. We grew up with this cat. He can't be the chosen one. He can't be the one. We know him. He helped fix our toilet last week. Yeah, yeah I he, mean we he know built our this new porch. Guy. He put on our addition to our house. Now he's saying he's the one that God's called. He's the one that we've been reading about. It does, it's not logical. You just have to believe. And he wasn't able to come to perform many miracles where because of their unbelief. Because they didn't believe. Yeah. So we gotta repent, like Jesus said. I mean, come up to that higher level. Penthouse is the penthouse is located on the top. So go back to the penthouse. Go back on top and just believe the gospel. Anybody can believe, or you can have. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit said. And then he says, harden not your heart. So our job, as we're reading the gospel, we can't get offended by it like these guys did. They got offended when Jesus said that. And from that point on, they set out to, to do what God knew what they would do, crucify him. You know, because God, God, God knows everything. He knew what these, these men with evil hearts was going to do. So he just set the stage. And it happened just like it was supposed to happen. <laughs> well, you know, you talk about how the, how they related to him. Um, last week on the air, I asked Drake what event um, really got him thinking about healing and, and all of these things that he now speaks about so much. And he related the story in Luke chapter 5. His dad was actually reading scripture to them at the breakfast table, and he related the story in Luke chapter 5 where the man who was a paralytic, um, Jesus was was with people in the house and they couldn't get in to see Jesus. They couldn't get close to Jesus. And so what they did was they climb up on the roof 
and they knock a hole in the roof and they lower him down to Jesus. And, you know, the whole attitude, I actually preached on this Sunday, of I need to get to Jesus. The woman who had the issue of blood, she's in the crowd, and somehow in her mind, she's heard of what Jesus can do. And in her mind, she has said, if I can just touch this man, I will be healed. All I need to do is get to Jesus, and I will be fine. And here, this man, either this man or his friend, somebody, if we can just get him to Jesus, he'll be fine. And so they lower him down through the roof, and Jesus says to him, before he ever heals him, he says to them, friend, your sins are forgiven. And I love what verse 21 in that chapter says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And that's just exactly what you were just saying, that they don't recognize who he is. They don't recognize the power that he has. And and what he is saying is just blasphemy to them. This is just the most terrible thing that he can possibly do. And Jesus now, this is something else that we sometimes forget, knows their thoughts. He knows what they're thinking. They don't have to actually come up to him and say it. They begin thinking to themselves. He knows their thoughts. And he says to them, why are you thinking these thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or say get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And so and who, got mean, the, who got the glory out of that? Jesus, of course. All right. And so, you know, there's so many things there. Number one is the attitude of the Pharisees. Jesus has just forgiven a man his sins. Are they happy? Are they praising the Lord? Well, religious Are they saying people... this is a great thing that this man said? No, they think this is terrible. This is the worst thing that could happen. Well, religious people just want to know who sinned. You know, that's all they, that's all they care about. Who did it? Who did it? Remember? Woman that was stoned. She did it, and the law says this. But I want to back up on this verse of Scripture in Luke 5 again. Look at 17. It says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. See, Jesus was a teacher. He taught people about the things pertaining to the kingdom. Look, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law. Now, these guys were there, too, sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. So people came from all around the surrounding area. And hit, but this is what, what sticks out right here, this next sentence. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Oh, who was that? That was Jesus. Jesus was there too. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And uh, instead of them, you know, latching on to that power, to get because they could have got delivered and set free too, but they wanted to criticize it. See, there's all the revelation in it. Instead of them coming on the board, and we know they Jesus knew their thoughts, but they criticized the anointing. Well, see, that's what I mean, though. See, rather than being so happy that all this was going on. That the power, oh, the praising, power of the Lord is here to praising heal. Praising the Lord that people were being healed. Praising the Lord this man's sins were forgiven. They are upset. Right, right, they right. They are mad about this thing that's going on. Now, let's look at the other people here. Uh, who was that? In verse 18. Then, behold, men 
brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. Now these was men that that believed because they were friends. Yeah, yeah, but they understood that the power of the Lord was present to heal, so they brought their friend Just paralyzed, Jesus. whom they sought to bring in and lay before them. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop, let him down with his bed through the tilt tilling into the mist before Jesus, meaning they tore up the roof. But look what was said in verse 20. When he saw their faith, they acted They acted on what they believed. They believed, hey, Jesus, word went out all around that Jesus was healing. They heard it. Faith comes by hearing. They say, well, let's tear the roof off this thing here. We're going to get him in and, there. You know, We're going to get him in there. See, and there's so many things even going on there because it's so easy for them to have said, you know what, we couldn't get him there. Too bad, man. There's too many people man. in there. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll catch him next week. Right. He'll be maybe back next down. month, maybe yeah. next year. You know, there'll be some time later. Well, well, the, we'll kingdom of the, violence, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So you got to be aggressive with what you want from God. You can't just – I told a gentleman the other day at Sunday service, God's not concerned about you crying how bad you feel. He's concerned about your faith. He's not moved by tears. He's moved by faith. Cause now look what it says here. And when he saw their faith, talking about Jesus, Jesus saw their faith. What was their faith? Them tearing the roof off of it, them being determined to climb up that, on the no roof. No matter what it took. Now this is a guy that. in a bed. They didn't, they didn't haul him up on the roof. Now that they get up there, they don't stop there. They start tearing the man's roof apart. And they, Jesus, they didn't Jesus stop there. Hey, quit tearing this roof off. <laughs> the owner probably stopped, stopped tearing my roof up. And they didn't stop there. After they tore it up, they started lowering him down. And look at verse 20. When he, Jesus, saw their faith. See, faith is demonstrated. He saw their faith. He said to him, man, look at it. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And that's when the religious people just went ballistic. Well, right. well, see, because you can't do that. <laughs> that but, ain't legal, man. You broke see, everything. Here's the thing is that this man thinks that he really needs to be healed, and he's going to be, but what he really needs is his sins to be forgiven. That's where Jesus starts, is that with his sins, man, your sins are forgiven. That was the most Ooh. important thing that he needed. You know what? I just got more than Holy Spirit just told me that. Once a person realizes their sins are forgiven, there's no, no more condemnation. Right. Woo! He said free go. now. He said free. Now you can go ahead and receive from God. But as soon as he forgives his sins, that's like, as you say, I got, my, I got a pass. pass. I got a get out of jail free right. card but now. The, but mm -hmm. the church people, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. Man, they say stone them. <laughs> Let them stay in the bed, man. He, he's good this way. We've but, been knowing him like this for but years. But you know what? Uh, as I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm reminded of the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, he comes back to the family, and the father is so happy. And and everybody knows that the father in this scenario is God, mm -hmm. and the prodigal son is us. And we come back, and the son comes back, and the father is so happy. What happens in the end? Who's unhappy? The older son. It's not fair that you are thrown this party for him. This isn't fair. He was a bum. He wasted all your money. He wasted all his inheritance. And now you've thrown this big party for him. I've always been here. You know who I see the oldest son is the church, the good church people. Because when we see a sinner, a bad sinner, a real sinner, an honest to goodness man, everybody knows it, sinner, get saved. There are people who aren't that thrilled about it. Right, They're right. not that happy about it. Well, I'm pretty sure it. that's what happened uh, when I got saved. A lot of people wasn't thrilled about it. I know the devil wasn't thrilled about it. 
So he started influencing people because scriptures say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. A lot of people went through it about, oh, they started bringing up my past. And I thought I was a new creation. Old things have passed, behold, all things became new. But And this was probably church folks. Yeah, look at him going to church now. He know what he do. I thought God so loved the world. I thought Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn it, but save it. Yeah. Right. And, and he say he came to save sinners. Well, I was one of the chief sinners. So right. we should rejoice in that and not have an attitude about why are you healing him? Or why are you setting them free? The scripture says the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. I, I ask people all the time, who is the worst person you think in the world? Who is the absolute worst person? And people that are like 50 and over, a lot of them will say like Charles Manson. You know, Charles Manson in the 60s. was it's A lot of people under 25. They don't even have any idea who that is. But who's the worst person in the world? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody that just a figure that everybody would recognize. Who's the worst person? Do you think that person can get saved? And I've had people say to me, Probably, but I wouldn't like it. Or probably, but I don't think that, that I wouldn't speak to him in heaven. Well, you and, don't have a revelation of the love of Christ is in you. Scripture right. says uh, he's poured out his love through our, in our hearts we're by the Holy Spirit. We're all sinners, though. Somehow we've forgotten that we're all sinners and that we should be we, so we, we were thankful sinners. and praise God that he saves sinners. Right. And so... Well, uh, I break it down like this, Richard. It is the truth. You're not a sinner because you killed a lot of people. You know what made people sinner? I tell people this every summer because I don't want them to get it twisted. I don't want to make them think all the things, bad things that they've done in their life made them sinners. I go ahead and do it scripturally. You were made sinner, a sinner because of Adam. Right, you were born. You were born sinner. Born but when sinner. you get born again, you are born winner. Right, but I so mean, I just let them know that. I let them, you you may not, Richard, you may not have did some of the things I did in my past, but guess what? We were on equal plane with God. Yeah, you were just as much of a sinner as I was, and you didn't probably do no, none of that stuff. I never broke the law. Well, it I never it did anything bad. It doesn't matter. I never lied to my parents. You know, I've you actually were, had par- I've had people say, "Well, I never lied to my parents." It's like, but check this out, Richard. You were still hell bound, right? Hell bound. You were born to it until you received Jesus, the Lord. Say, we're all sinners. The Scripture says, "By one man's offense, death came upon all men." And we all have all different men. sins, and so, but see, sometimes people that have been. A, I get a kick out of it. Sometimes I'll talk to somebody and they'll be older and they'll be looking at some younger person and, and that person's really bad to them. And then I find out in their younger years, they did some of the same things those people did. Not new under the sun. <laughs> right. And so um, we're all sinners. We all have different sins and it's God that forgives us. Amen. Amen. Well, we're about to conclude this uh, segment of faith on fire and we just want to remind you, we want to, again, thank Drake Travis for being on the show last week. And we want to make available to you his best-selling book called Healing Power, Voice Activated. Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. And we make this book available to you for a love offering of any amount to the Ministry of Faith on Fire. Just send your love offering to P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. And remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.